three, two, one. What's up, everybody? We got Aldo in the house. Uh, we're gonna talk about jujitsu, everything, martial arts, and um, magkukwentuhan din kami, magchichismisan po kami. Actually, kayo na pa kami nagchichismisan eh. <laughs> Bago oh, namin record, kayo na pa kami nagchichismisan. So, before anything else, and, and this is what I tell most of the people that I've guested here, I want this to be like an online journal of things that mm-hmm. our future students can look back into and they could mm-hmm. reference if they need mm-hmm. notes about training, how was the jiu-jitsu journey, how was the martial arts journey of their professors and their coaches, at least, it's something that we all, and for us, something we all look back on and say, yeah, we talked about that, we had that conversation, and um, at least someone has to chronicle. I mean, this is my, admittedly, this is like my selfish passion to chronicle the stories of the people that I grew up with, I went up against with. And, and, para ano lang, um, it's like my online diary, kumbaga. So, at, bro, please, like, I'm a big fan of history. Yes! And, you know, every, every single history is based on a source document or a source yes. material. Yep, that is, that is true. And we are going to talk about uh, Coach Aldo's story. So please, sir, thank you for doing this. And please tell us your martial arts story. Because this is batch. Multidiscipline, cross-discipline martial artist. So that's why I encourage my students, it's nice jiu-jitsu, but try it too. Diba? Pwede kayo mag-wrestling, pwede kayo mag-judo, pwede kayo mag-striking. It'll benefit later on. Diba? And you will, you will see. So, Aldo, your story, please. Uh, funny you should mention that. Um, ever since I was a kid, uh, I was a Bruce Lee fan. Because uh, mm-hmm. my dad. Mm-hmm. My dad is like a martial arts movie nut as well. So, I was actually doing martial arts since I was like six. The first, mm-hmm. first martial art I ever tried was Muay Thai, but this was like Muay Thai in oh God, 1997. Mm-hmm. So, there was no Muay Thai. So, wala like, pa I was to like <laughs> an actual Muay Thai gym. Yeah. And like, be like three other adults and just me with mm-hmm. them. And I'm like, okay, this is fun, but like, it's weird to have a six, seven-year-old kid here. So, I went yeah. to Karate <laughs> as, as a school activity. So, yeah, okay. I, I stuck with that. All throughout grade school, um, mm-hmm. like I never, I, it, was, it was cool, uh, but I never fully felt like I, I don't know, was fully immersed in it. I felt it just felt like a thing that I did. Then mm-hmm. uh, high school, so high school around two thousand five. That's actually around the time. What channel was that? That Solar Sports or something, or Balls or one of those channels started showing UFC. UFC events. Ah, solar yun, solar yun, yeah. Solar, solar, yun. So I caught like, uh, at a random time, UFC 1 uh, mm-hmm. on it. And I'm like, okay, who's this Who's this dude in, in the in the white G? You know, like, you think every, I think a lot of people have had that story of like, that's mm-hmm. how they got exposed to it. Yep. Uh, and then I, and I saw the UFC 2, and then I saw UFC 4, where he also won. So like, okay, I, I gotta try this stuff. And around that time, uh, I encountered my first grappling experience mm-hmm. uh, at, at the house of a mutual family friend namin ni Diego Nepomuceno, uh, mm. a good friend of mine, a very good family friend of mine. He armbarred me in the trampoline. <laughs> 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 yeah, 
Di ba? During the oh. good old days, magahanap ka ng surface. Di ba? Magahanap ka ng surface. Oh. For you guys, it was the trampoline. Okay? I, I would like to clarify, it's not a very safe way to do it because when you <laughs> armbar in a trampoline, you will bounce. So when you yeah. bounce, you're going to overshoot and you're going to injure your partner. So please yes. don't. Mm-hmm. Take note. Ah, take note. <laughs> take note. Trampoline, um, not safe. Yeah. So like, and so Diego and Sam, uh, mm-hmm. I would go to their house sometimes, and we would, mm-hmm. we would like, you know, they would teach me striking. We would like whatever white belt mm-hmm. level grappling I had. So I, I never actually took a class. He just kind of showed me what it was, what he was learning. The Tito Mark, their dad, mm-hmm. was, like uh, he would teach us stuff as well. So I was like, okay, that's cool, that's cool, it's fun. And then, uh, but I, I, I never like actually took to it fully. I, I think I was, I forget what I was doing. I think. My band was kind of active as well at the time, mm-hmm. so I was learning drums. So like, uh, mm-hmm. but eventually my mom works uh, would would work out at a gym near my high school, mm-hmm. and that's where Ebrid Philippines was. Uh huh. So, uh, you know, she brought him a flyer. Oh, Aldo, look, it's that jujitsu stuff you you, you were doing. Like, oh, mom, mommy, no, no, really, no. A lot of my a lot of my success in life comes from my parents being very supportive of mm-hmm. me doing different activities and stuff. Every summer, my bago activity. And mm-hmm. then that school year, that's what I wanted to try. I mentioned that I was at that point. Okay. I was also getting pretty overweight at this point as well. I think mm-hmm. I was like uh, 14 years old, about 160, 170 pounds, not even that tall yet. Probably mm-hmm. kid. At fourth year high school, I was like a lot bigger. Anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I I went to the the gym, Mauro Lorenzo, uh, and I I watched the class. And yun, the guy teaching the class, this big burly blue belt, mm-hmm. uh, Coach Ali. Ali. Uh-huh. So, ever since then, he's kind of been my coach. Uh-huh. A lot of people assume uh, I I entered jiu-jitsu through judo first because I trained coach ko, because he's a black belt. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I actually started jiu-jitsu first. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So for a few years. Oh, no, two years. Two years I did jiu-jitsu. It's like the after class thing. Uh, like, so I was like third year high school. Uh, that's when I was pretty overweight. Um, I, I was like a... I can't even imagine overweight. That's why I was like that. That's why I was like that. My weight class was 81 kilos. Fuck. I was about 77 kilos. Coach Ali asked me and my cousin Sean, who's cousin slash nephew, we're, we're related, um, who was also on the Jiu-Jitsu team, he invited both of us to join his lineup for Judo UAP that time. And in that period, you could still grab the legs in uh, Yeah. You mm. so, can single leg and a double leg. Uh, so, semi-finals again, so because we don't have a lot of Judo UAP that year, double leg, uh, ipon pala. I, I tried to pin, I tried to like, uh, hold them down. Oh, yung pala, uh, okay, cool. Yung pala, uh. <laughs> then, finals match. Finals match, uh, I got thrown by Anjo Gomila with a beautiful okay. Uchiman. So, who, mm-hmm. so Anjo naman was the one who started judo first. He's, he became my teammate in Jiu-Jitsu. Uh, Later on. So, uh. Yeah, he's a pro-belt now. So, so parang, a lot of these people I, and I've trained with for years. I've been training with them literally half my life. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, from there, Judo was fun. I did it a little bit in college, but I felt more. Jiu-jitsu felt more open-ended to me. Judo felt mm-hmm. like I was playing a sport. Mm-hmm. Jiu-jitsu felt like I was playing a game. 
yeah, okay. a game that you could constantly expanding. Uh, mm-hmm. I didn't like the restrictions on like you can't stay on the ground too long. Judo, you can't yeah. even grab the legs for a while. But I'm, I, I, I'm with Tyan though because I love judo. Judo and jujitsu, I feel sometimes it's cosmetic how different they are. Mm-hmm. Like the, the core principles are all the same. The same. Like, I they, agree. They're, they're really the same family of martial arts. They're, they're like first cousins. I love those yeah. together. Yeah. They're, they're like first cousins yeah. that drifted apart. Yeah. Sorry, mahaba ba yung kwento ko? No, no. We have time, bro. We Sorry, have time. Go, go, go. We yeah, have time. So I got to, yeah, so the last time I competed judo was like first year college, but not really. Mm-hmm. It was, uh, I didn't make the lineup. I, I was doing, um, I think it's called Hajime, yeah. Uh, Hajime. Hajime, oh. yeah. So around that time, um, that was when, so the Ateneo branch of uh, New Breed mm. went independent and then yeah. they became almost by Frenchy, uh, moving mm. forward, BTF. Uh, that's when the core, mem- the core founders were Ralph, Carlo, and uh, Chani, right? And, mm. and oh my God, so oh, pala, was, VPF yeah. nga pala kayo, no? Yeah, man. Diba, like ba- vamos para frente. Tama. Vamos para Frenchy. Frenchy. I heard Mike diplomatically. So, it, I don't know. It, it, was, it, it, it did its job. We, we had what what does VPF actually mean? Vamos para... I, I, I never... I don't know. Moving forward though. Moving, Moving forward. forward. Okay. I never... Yeah. I never... <laughs> yeah. I was like, okay, new... new so, yeah. from new breed, diba? Like VPF. Then I go like, Oh, I don't know VPF. Then I go, what the hell does VPF mean? And then they said, yeah. ah, okay, foreign language, na. Yeah. <laughs> okay. It was more of like a slogan. Na, wala kaming name, so like, okay, slogan na lang. So let's just let's just do it. Mm. And then, yeah, uh, yeah. And two years later, that's when not not two years. So like during that time, that's when Carlo and Ralph went to Brazil. They like yeah. met Ramon Lemos and this mm-hmm. goes. So parang, uh, they made that first connection when they came back. Uh, and then like twenty ten, Hamon game, we we were at us na. And yeah, so parang mm-hmm. the past ten years have been the the rest I was I was in that team. Mm-hmm. And you know, actually the all of the like all of the heads of Atos now and like a lot of people uh who were like the high performing on that team and now different teams came from that core Ateneo branch of New Breed. So yep, it was that kind is of true. Cool shared um, you, you know, you, you got guys like Pat, you got guys like uh, who, who would like come train with us because we need them. So, parang, like, mm. like, even like the whole new breed core family at the start was pretty like, huh, we, we've left really. Parang, uh, I, I'm not even like the first generation, I was like one of the white girls at the time. Mm-hmm. Like, sobrang lawak pala ng roots ng team na yun. Oh, so and it, back then, talagang dalawa lang, it was just DevTac and new breed. Diba? It was mm. yun yung, ano, then then through the years and then uh the population grew, the uh, the community blew I don't I don't mm. want to say blew up, but it was a gradual it was a gradual growth. Uh it, it led to the formation of the current teams now. That's why that's why I really want to do these things and have conversations with 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 the people that were that were formed during our time and the people who preceded us because these are like I, I don't want to lose that story i don't want to lose that line of history na, na at least w- we all know that 
it all started from that and then it branched down branched down and then it led to the current landscape diba? so mm. from there then atos and then ano na yun? i mean a huge chunk of it was ano um what do you call this so from that historical perspective let's go back to like the early years diba? the early mm. years and this is something that we could all relate because it was limited training, limited sources of information. Pero yeah, diba? and and I asked this too, and I asked, I have my answers, and, and I'm gonna ask you the same thing. Like, how were you able to maintain the passion and the the yung parang instead of just saying de wala ne, diba? parang sige ibang sport na lang or ibang martial art na lang, like what drove you or what motivated you to stay or keep doing jiu-jitsu? Especially at a time where nobody really knew about jiu-jitsu and nobody mm-hmm. was, was, wasn't was really into it. Yeah. Um, well, I, I found myself lucky that I discovered jiu-jitsu when I was a teenager. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I was 14. So, and... You know, Coach Ali taught in the school that I was enrolled in, so parang like it, it made perfect sense. It was it was my after school activity in college. I would arrange my schedule such that I could get a certain number of training sessions in per week. Mm-hmm. Um, in reality, that schedule and that you know, parang when you're in that school system thing, schedule becomes so easy. Everything's routine; it's automatic. You don't have to think about it. Mm-hmm. That was easy. Um, what was hard was when I tried to pursue. Um, a career related to my degree in college, uh, an mm-hmm. advertising career, and that industry is very, uh, you know, time very toxic. Very, <laughs> it can be, yeah. Um, yeah. And I and I didn't even I had to live closer to work, uh, mm-hmm. so it was it was just uh, difficult just to show up for training. Like I, I would mm-hmm. work once a week, so literally on Saturdays that's my only training for the week because that's the weekend would be the only time I would be near the gym. That was hard. That's actually around the time I got my first major injury in jiu-jitsu because I wasn't I was in terrible shape. It was my it was a um an LCL tear uh, mm-hmm. of my while I was trying to do a rubber guard. Um, mm-hmm. like, not, like a go-go plata, not even the most like fun, fundamentally sound move, right? That knee has I, I'm not I'm not sitting on go-go plata. It does work. I'm just I'm, uh-huh. I'm just like there's a certain level of You're proficiency. Me, don't do it for Google. Uh, you know, that's yeah. what I'm saying. Um, so that same knee has given me a lot of problems ever since. So like mm-hmm. that that followed me uh, around. So if you're listening, guys, take care of your bodies. Take care of your conditioning, your flexibility, mm-hmm. everything. I, I only appreciate that like as a purple belt, like after mm-hmm. that significant. So yeah, um, I I did try to make my advertising career work for like four years. I jumped between uh, companies and stuff. I never felt fully at home though. Uh, mm-hmm. I talked about this uh, a lot uh, with a lot of different people. And one interesting thing that happened was after uh, I was let go uh, very nicely. The, the, the boss there was a very good mentor of mine. But he said, you know, Dude, not for you. This is not it. Mm-hmm. Uh, they let me go. And, and then uh, he said, you know, now's actually a good time to find out what you want, right? Like, mm-hmm. Don't take too long because, you know, you got to make a living. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, I was in touch with one of my mentors at the time. I was in touch with a psychiatrist who mm-hmm. diagnosed me. And I, like, because I made a, I, I was seeing her for, 
anxiety and depression. Um, mm-hmm. But she died. She, I, I joked one time. You know, I feel like I have undiagnosed ADD. Ha ha ha. And then, in the in the space where a normal human being would would have laughed, mm-hmm. like this psychiatrist was like, you know, we, we can test that, right? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, oh man, oh man. But but I'm test it. Like, what you paying me for, right? This, this, yeah. this, this is my job. Okay. Mm. So I took a, it, 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 I took a bunch of long questionnaires, uh, mm-hmm. and then compared it with a lot of my our previous conversations, like mm-hmm. qualitative data. And she, she said, "Yeah, you have a, you're, you have the highly inattentive type, not so much on the hyperactive type." Mm. So and and then when she did told me that, I was like, you know, like uh, when you watch a movie, and the clues are buried in throughout the whole movie. And then towards mm-hmm. the end, there's like a plot twist where there'll be a montage of all the clues being in place. Yeah. Uh. So like, imagine that kind of flashback for every time you felt, what is wrong with me? Why, why don't I fit in? And why, then those you know, things why, why, add why, up. Why, why, uh. so, and why does everyone call me lazy even though I'm, I'm pretty sure I'm not. I'm pretty sure I try mm. hard. Some things are harder. Like, you know, like, um, a lot of the baggage, like suddenly it was like, oh, you know, I'm pale. You know, I'm so like, uh, it was actually very liberating. Um, yeah. And I, so I took that information to my the mentor I was seeing, um, another former boss, and he said, okay, well, now that you know this, um, it's your job to understand it as well as you can, right? Okay. Because it's no one's gonna make excuses for you. Right, it's your thing. You're you have to make it's your life. You have to find a way to make it work. And you're like, oh, yeah, yeah. and and he said something that stuck with me, which really shaped, I think, the rest of my approach, uh, to um, I guess, where people fit in well. He said, it's not that you're not working hard enough at the problems you're working on. It's like the tools in your toolbox are meant for tasks that you're not throwing yourself at. You're throwing yourself at a problem that needs a screwdriver. That problem needs a wrench. Go help, go, go fix that problem. Go work yeah. on that. That's your, you have that in your toolbox. Yeah. So, you know, instantly, I was like, teaching. I want to mm-hmm. be, be a teacher or a coach. And that was it. That was like 2017. Yeah. Mm. And then, yeah. So, uh, and, just, and that was... What, what year did the national team come uh, like what, oh, what team was put together? I think it was yeah, 2000. So it cons- yeah. right? it's Conceptualized now. Uh, 2017. Then carried yeah, out so, 17, 18. Ganon. Yeah, so Jiu-Jitsu wasn't really growing that quickly at that time. That so is true as there well. There weren't a lot of new things popping up, right? So, mm-hmm. like, I, I wanted to find a place to, to work as a coach. But I also wanted to, like, um, I wanted it to also be... Like if I'm if I'm gonna make mistakes, I'm gonna make mistakes on this, these people's time. Like basically, mm. I, I wanted to be a coach for Atos, but I wanted to be the best coach I could be for Atos. Mm-hmm. Um. So so I, I, I essentially took uh, a part time job, uh, teaching at my pang. I called it my coaching internship, even though it really wasn't. Mm-hmm. It was a job. Uh, with uh-huh. the gym. So because mm. it was an interesting learning experience, because most uh jujitsu schools uh everyone who's in it experiences that 
the fact that there's a lot of different levels on the maps all the time. Yeah. Right. So the early 2018s, you need to hired me, so you have to him. Uh, he was the manager at the time. You know, they were trying to get people. And Bago Shasa Gallery, yeah, in branch there. So yeah. uh everyone's white belt. Everyone's not not only is everyone a white belt, everyone's a day one white belt. Yep. And supply issues. There were no geese. You couldn't yeah. sell them geese. Um so okay, uh, all right. I guess you make it no geese. That's fine. At least more people can try the class for a barrier to entry and getting mm-hmm. expensive. So I, I had, so for a good three months I was teaching no geese in a way that I had never taught before because I was primarily a gi player most of my like purple blue mm-hmm. years. Like white belt I was at a close. Um then yeah, like parang it, it was a interesting time because it was so challenging. How do you teach jiu-jitsu when literally everyone in the room does not know jiu-jitsu? Not even mm-hmm. the person you're demonstrating on. So it yeah. really stretched my like approaches. You kinda like you can't just do it the way you're used to like, okay you do this, you do this, this. you have to kind of in a way trick them into learning. So just yeah. put them in position and tell them, okay guys, uh your objective is to do that, your objective is to do that. It's not even score points because you know yeah. points, right? So a lot of my methods got tried for the first time there. Mm-hmm. And what surprised me was how quickly uh I got feedback on, on the results. So I was like, okay, mm-hmm. yep, I think I think I found I finally found the thing I'm good at, like <laughs> that people can pay me to. So like uh yeah, so from there I just continued. Um and but I found after about a year, yeah, I found reasons to not want to stay anymore. So I started like looking into other things. But just like the beginning, time to CJ, but when I founded Atos BGC. Yeah. Uh, but like yeah, soon after yeah, that was 2018. 18, 19. 2018, I was at UFC gym. 2019, I was at Atos. Atos BGC. Atos BGC. Oh. So yeah, so the year happened. Great year. Uh, I, I was surprised. We thought we would make. When, when we were going into it, I was very conservative. I was like, okay, if you can get twenty students in in the first six months, okay, na tayo, I'll call that a mm. win. We would like a small yoga studio in Serendra. Yeah, uh, very very nice yoga studio. It just wasn't designed for jujitsu. We had to bring our own. Um, then you know, we happened to find other partners, bigger space. And yeah, like, but but we had to find a bigger partner because uh, bigger space because. In the first month, we had 22 students. We were like, oh. <laughs> 22 students, we don't fit on this 5 by 7 Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, so we found our, our partner, Young Physique 57, at the bar studio. Yeah. They have a few similar kinds of maps that we need. So, mm-hmm. yeah, we use their off hours. Yeah, and then, and then ever since then, it's, it's been a pretty good uh, part, uh, partnership we've had. And then, yeah, great year. Uh, like, I, I was really, really. Uh, I guess it's it's e- it's easier to be proud of something that you built yourself. And it was yep. the first time I had kind of like something like oh shit, like, like, we did this. I, I put the meeting together, I put the people together, made it happen. And it's here, and they're paying me to teach them how to strangle people efficiently. <laughs> I'm like, Am I dreaming right now? It was a, for me. It was a very validating year mm-hmm. uh, in terms of like. Having previously had a career and I felt like work had to be stressful, work had to be that thing that pissed you off. Mm-hmm. Like the happiest time of my day, yeah, is when I'm teaching. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I loved it ever since I discovered it. Oh, oh, majority of that narrative was something that I could totally relate to, and sobrang I connect with that story so much in the sense that 
there will always be you're you're doing i mean you couldn't have said it any better about you you're you're really meant to do something else you're you you i mean it's that deep gut feeling eh? you, you you're doing something that is sustainable but your mind is elsewhere you feel like because uh, when i i came from a corporate setup as well and then wala as in i wasn't i mean i wasn't really thinking i just woke up and i go like i think this is not me wala sabi sabi as in pak resignation <laughs> wala I, I i just wasn't happy i just wasn't happy and i really felt so that, work, so yeah people are able to make it work Diba? And diba? before we before we do that, let, let's let's like backtrack and the realization process. Eh? Diba? The realization process, acknowledging your acknowledging the things that you were meant to do, but at the same time knowing that there's a problem to be dealt with. Diba? How did you how were you able to balance the struggle and the acknowledgement down to finding a resolution towards arriving at the answer diba? How, what was the mental processing for that um a lot of it at the start was not mental processing honestly mm-hmm. a lot of it was being pushed by the right people being around the right people mm-hmm. um i would say it's easy to talk about these things in hindsight mm-hmm. as um because you know what happens now when you mm-hmm. tell it in hindsight it always feels Mm-hmm. But what I found was it's actually you're in a you're in a constant state of feeling lost until you're not in a lot of yes. ways. Um, yeah. So like anytime you have like a big eureka moment, uh, it's usually it's usually an intersection of like a few ideas, like two, three, four, or however many good ideas that and put them together. That's your eureka moment. Right? Like ah, mm-hmm. oh, yes, I'm gonna do that thing. You'll never ever arrive at all of the dots that connect that thing at the same moment. Mm-hmm. And when you pick up each dot along the way, it will seem insignificant because you haven't connected it yet. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, it, um, how, how, how do I explain this? Like, I, I really did never felt like I, I belonged in an advertising job. Mm. But now, it's one of my strongest, I think, uh, Traits as as the leader of my own team now, like like in, in terms of the things that you learned, uh, I know how to run a marketing campaign. I know what customer service should be like. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, brand communication was the thing I did. I spent two out of those four years on. So like, um, commu- communication strategy. I mean, um, but like at the time I didn't. I didn't time at the time I was like, why am I doing this? I did this job. Like so, it's not that I went through like. That with a mindset that yes, I'm gonna do it. And I'm, I'm gonna do it. No, you kind of just have to chase it with a feeling of okay. Uh, now that I know what I know now, what do I do next? Right? And it's mm-hmm. really hard to be discouraged. You get discouraged. Everything feels like whatever you're feeling now that sucks feels like it's gonna be like that forever. Mm-hmm. Like the worst cases of depression are like that, right? You mm-hmm. like that is you're true. Never gonna yeah. It's hole, and <clears throat> some people don't get out of the hole. It's, it's mm. terrible. Um, but you have to take little steps along the way. It's always like you always you have to try moving forward. So, so 
that vamos para friendship you know corny line that that, that, that uh, actually the the mindset or the concept behind yeah. it is actually yeah. something that people can apply into their lives diba yeah coach ali is a very much a quote machine he's full of these like uh, kung fu master one line mm. sometimes feeling ko pag naging coach ka kailangan may baon kang ganun eh kahit oh, ako yeah. oh, yeah. kahit ako oh, yeah. napaisip ako bigla po to parang dami kong kailangang malamang yeah. quotes so. yeah so like um where was i um you gotta keep moving forward uh and you gotta keep trying stuff like one thing at a time and then the things make sense when they do i'm not that doesn't mean like go with no direction if you mm-hmm. don't know where you're going any road will take you there. Um, I just chased this feeling that something's right. Something about this feels right. Um, and you have to have like a healthy relationship with what you want uh, to move forward. Uh, like one baggage of the, the millennial generation uh, that we would get is like, um, oh, your passion's silly. Like, you know, it's good. You guys, you guys are like, tamad lang kayo. Like, you don't, mm. don't want to do a job that requires hard work. Um, honestly, like, I chased my passion, but it was it was one of those things that was there the whole time, pala. Like, I, I knew I loved jujitsu before, pa, but I didn't. I never thought I would make it, it would be a job until I realized. Wait a minute, that eureka moment. I connected those dots. I was like, wait, I come from a family of teachers. I'm pretty sure I'm a good teacher too. Uh, mm. I'm. I'm I've been doing jiu-jitsu for a good number of years now. I started in 2005. So like, I think I can, I think I can do this. This is not just like one of those silly things that I'm gonna drop everything and run off to chase my passion job. I think mm-hmm. should. it feels right. So you have to kind of also shake off the overcorrection. Uh, hey, hard, you know, be hardworking. Don't worry about your passion. No, I, yeah. I disagree with both. You, those, those are two extremes. Uh, you kind of have to find the middle path in, in there. So what, what I really chased was this feeling that, okay, wait, I'm, I'm doing right. Um, I'm getting the proper sense of validation in my life. Um, mm-hmm. It's very easy to get the wrong kind, but from the wrong friends, from the wrong partners, from mm-hmm. the wrong uh, family members, unfortunately, for some people, uh, for from the wrong, whatever, it's the wrong thing happening to you. Uh, so you got to kind of like find that, but also accept that that the thing you fantasize about is not where the hard work is going to be happening. The hard work is going to be the things that allow that uh, dream to become a reality. Yep. You know, like I had to study business. I had to study. I had to study all these things about. Like I don't. I, I never studied accounting. I had to study accounting. It's like we're, you know, we're a three-person operation. I was the only one. Um, you know, not with a half with another part-time job or full-time mm-hmm. job. But like, I guess it's me. So you kind of just gotta. Accept that the hard work is worth that thing you're chasing because, as we know with jujitsu, like people who love jujitsu, we know it is, right? Mm. So, like, so whatever you find that's that's your thing, that's like that, you have to, you have to be willing to dream, dream it, but you also have to be willing to pay for it. And yeah. Whenever you feel like you're discouraged, you have to remember why you love it. Like my students, when they, before they compete, uh, because I'm a referee, I don't mm. actually get to like. Coach, coach yeah, 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 yeah. So, so my, my coaching style for comp is very different. I prepare them in the, on the mats now, and then on the day itself, I'm just gonna trust the other coaches can handle it. But I tend to take a moment to uh, talk to each of my before the division starts, at least, or if I see mm-hmm. them about the fight, I'll, I'll come up and tell them something. 
the thing I often tell them is, remember you're here because you love it. It's yeah. like, um, there's a lot of baggage, especially right before computers are nervous, like, why am I doing this? No, you're here because you love it. And mm-hmm. when you have that feeling, one, it's exciting. Yes. Two, um, it gives you a feeling of gratitude. So when you're grateful, um, it's a Tony Robbins concept. When you're yeah. grateful, it's the uh, antidote to fear, the antidote to anger. So it's, yeah. to, it's very hard to feel negative emotions when you're grateful. That's why a lot of mm-hmm. mindfulness as a discipline um, hinges heavily on gratefulness. Mm-hmm. Um, I, highly, I highly recommend mindfulness meditation to anyone listening by mm-hmm. like, changed my life. made it so much easier to be in tune with like your emotions, especially as a very impulsive person. Oh, yeah. Very, very helpful. <clears throat> very, very helpful. Um, so, please remember why you love what you do. Like, that's, and and be remember, that's grit. Grit is being willing to do what you love. And, mm. and really willing. Uh, like, not just not just on the good days. You show up on the bad days. Because I feel like, like a lot of experts are like saying already that people who venture into combat sports or the fight sciences and who become really good at it have that parang majority of them have ADD. So feeling ko lahat tayo may ADD. <laughs> you have to be a certain level and, and even in uh, what do you call this? Um, I forgot the book. Back. Ito mo. There's this book. Uh, it's um, he. There's this author. He wrote two books about fighting. I I love the first book more because he said that you have to be a certain level of crazy to do these things. <laughs> you have to you have to be a, like a small amount of crazy. So I mean, you have to have a certain percentage of craziness in your gene to be able in mm-hmm. order to 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 get drawn into mm-hmm. into any martial art. And then yeah. when your heart takes over and you go all in, <clears throat> sorry, and you go all in, then that's where passion uh, keeps you motivated. That's where passion uh, makes you stay. So when, when I read that quote, I'm like, this guy knows what he's doing. Because he's this author that immersed himself in different martial arts. So he went Muay Thai, went Jiu-Jitsu, and what's the other one? Then he went wrestling and boxing. So he... Oh, basically MMA. Oh, basically the MMA, the core MMA... Uh, the big four. Core MMA principles or core MMA na, na fight structure, kumbaga. So yun yung tinignan niya. Then he chronicled the, the coaches, he chronicled the fighters, and then he chronicled the mental processing that goes through each fighter. Then he said, yeah, you, this is like towards the end of the book. He goes like, I thoroughly believe that you have to have a certain amount of craziness in order to pursue this and yeah. a lot of heart to stay in it because it will change your life for the better. It's going uh, to make everything or it's going to put a lot of things in perspective. And ito lang yan, like so many takeaways from, there's so many takeaways from, from your narrative in the sense that a lot of people are always in this rut and I, I went through the same process in, in my own way. I went through the same process that parang, okay, I'm, I think I can do something else. <laughs> I mean, like, oh, may ka moment, parang, I think I can do something else. Or I don't want I would, to... I would clarify, though. I, I would clarify. Um, make sure to anyone with that, like, itch 
make sure you're also running towards something. You're not just running away from something. Yeah. If you do that, it's gonna keep jumping to other stuff as well. Yes. So that is that, true. That's, that's actually true. That uh, is actually caveat true. to the whole thing. It's actually yeah. going something. And then, <laughs> and then, and 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 the like towards the end of your story, because it it brings a very huge point that is very very important, especially. Uh, with, with the message that we want to convey with other people in terms of applying these concepts into their lives. Uh, mm-hmm. And you narrated it in, in your own way with your story. Now, when you start pursuing something that you love, when you start pursuing something that you want to do, that you feel like you're, you're, you're meant to do, mm-hmm. you have to put in the work. It's either it'll be forced upon you or work becomes easier. Kumbaga. Parang work becomes easier. More than that, more than that it's people um, who don't know how to learn stuff. I mean, I don't want to say this. People going into these fields, like martial arts or even like any level, anything you can be an expert at, a lot of people don't appreciate how much um, drastic difference there is between the ways you can practice. Mm. Um, so interesting, you were you mentioned in the a book uh, that, that you had uh, about you know there's some kind of crazy right. Mm. So, uh, I would like to recommend to anyone listening the book that has played one of the biggest parts in my teaching style. Mm. Uh, it's called uh, Talent is Overrated. Talent um, is overrated. It, talent is overrated. It explores um, the lives and like careers of high performers across different sports, um, businesses, everything. Like all the different ways people are great, musicians, or everything, they study it. And mm-hmm. um, something interesting about the ones who were lucky enough to be the very best, say like mm-hmm. concert pianist or whatever. Yeah, and by them, Geoffrey Colvin. Yeah, yeah, that's the one. That's yeah. the one. Um, a lot of them got into like this thing that they loved when they were kids or, or the parents made them do it and then you should do it over and over again and it felt like work for a long time mm-hmm. and many of them felt honestly like they got discouraged like 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 everyone wants to quit jiu-jitsu at some point right everyone thinks yeah. about it like um the ones who happen to then move stay on long enough to be the best in their field are yeah. the ones who suddenly one day it just clicks and you're mm-hmm. like wow this is awesome <laughs> like I, there's nothing else I'd rather be doing right now. And to the point that these are the people who deliberately practice their art. So you mm-hmm. don't... Uh, what, what's an example of that? You don't just show up and do mindless exercises. You don't just show up and... I mean, there is a place in Jiu-Jitsu, for example, for sparring freely and having fun. Yep. But if that's your only training forever, you will only er, learn like a small section of all the things you could learn. Um, the best are the ones who know that this thing sucks, but if I put a lot of hard work into this specific thing, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be twenty times better than if I had spent that amount of time doing that one thing I already know. Like, yep. You know what I mean? It, it, you yeah. have to stretch yourself where it's difficult in the right ways. You can't. You don't stretch so far that it's not connected to your existing skill set. Mm-hmm. You have to always branch your skill set just outside where you're where you're comfortable. Mm. Um, and and I love the applications of that for jiu-jitsu because everything's honest in jiu-jitsu. You get tapped out. Oh yeah. God. Oh yeah. You, you, you clearly messed up along the way. Yeah. <laughs> it, it wasn't. It might not have even been towards the end. You might have just 
lost the grip fight 20 seconds into the match. Like, yeah. you know, these are things that you don't even think about. You just think, oh, it's stop and bump and roll. No, you kind of have to also be very deliberate mm-hmm. in what you do. And that translates to everything. So my, my favorite analogy, I don't know, my favorite um, story from the book was, I forget his name, like, what, the best at the time, the best uh, running back in the NFL. Mm. Um, he would not play practice games. Okay. Uh, all the other... Um, all the other guys on his team would play semi-practice games, whatever. He would, uh, while everyone was doing their practice games, he would be hiking around a mountain. Okay. He'll hike. He'll run. you like, mm. you know, like imagine half marathon every day. Yeah. Um. Why do you do that? Uh, he would also he would also do like these crazy plyo drills. Um. Why would he do that? Because he knew that he probably had the same skill set as the other running back or, or everyone else on the team. They're all the yeah. best NFL players, right? Like mm-hmm. they're the best players in their country in, in that in sport. So he knew he needed something. He also needed a smarter way to win. Mm-hmm. Um, and he knew that the, the running back, and this is where we're looking at data helps, um, mm-hmm. is most important in the closing moments of, of a, like the closing parts yeah. of a football, of a football game. Okay. What's the important thing that happens in the closing parts of a American football game? But at that point, everyone's been running for however long the game's been going, right? So they're like Everyone's more or less tired. Oh. Yeah. This, this guy who spends all his time hiking around mon- uh, mountains and doing crazy plyo explosion drills is exploding past everyone oh. um, <laughs> uh, in, the, in the dying hours of, of the game, making mm-hmm. the game scoring touchdowns. That's uh-huh. smart. But like, like and you don't get to that kind of conclusion unless you're obsessed with what you're working on. That like, is true. That guy did not come to that conclusion. Mm-hmm. If he, w- he wouldn't have come to that conclusion if he were not as crazy about winning and being great at uh, American football as, as he was. Or else, well, he, he, wouldn't, he wouldn't have thought to be that clever about it. So mm-hmm. uh, a big part of so greatness is the hard work, the hard work in the right places as well. So I guess that's three things. You gotta have the passion, you gotta have the hard work, but you also have to direct, if you were very well directed with your work mm. as well. Yeah, but, and, and, uh, talent is overrated. Good book. Talent is overrated. The download ko ngayon. At naisip ko na kung ano yung libro. Naalala ko. Di siya maka, di yung maka get over. Ah. The name of the book is A Fighter's Heart by Sam Sheridan. Okay, okay. He posted, he, he created two books. So, Sam, so it's A Fighter's Heart. That's book one. Book two naman is A Fighter's Mind, which tackles naman about the mindset of of high-level athletes. Now, uh, you both uh, teach and compete. Now, let's go to the competitive aspect of what now, like, like this is like sharing na lang din eh. Like, what is the, what is the mindset? What is the demeanor giving, coming towards a competition? Earlier years and how you approach it today. Um, one thing it tells me that it, one thing I know is a universal experience in sports is uh, teenagers are crazy, man. Yeah, <laughs> teenagers are crazy. Yeah. Like they are gonna drive the a lot of the passion in the environment around them. Mm-hmm. Just the excitement they bring to they bring to training. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're also like I don't want to say not being mature is a good thing, 
mm-hmm. but it's like they also are and again bad wor- bad choice of words here naive enough mm-hmm. to be so crazy confident that can do anything. <laughs> like but it's a strength sometimes yeah, yeah. Strength. Like, oh, oh, like, oh. we're not going to discount that we're not like, going to discount that oh. especially you see the generation of like you know young jiu-jitsu players now who are like mm. purple and blue like here and other countries yep like they have a swagger to them and yep. dude a lot of their success comes from that so but mm-hmm. i i over time learned to temper that emotion with um i guess it's not stoicism. It's not like, oh, I don't care. I but think it's like, more of flicking the switch now. You control the switch yeah, now. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So you have to kind of prioritize when the switch goes off. Yeah, uh-huh. You know, pick, pick your moment when you're like that. Um, I've also noticed that the more I care about winning, mm-hmm. and this is so weird, huh? like I, I, I'm sure a lot of people will disagree. There'll be different views on this. But the more I care about winning, the less I win. The more winning, I agree with becomes, that. I agree. With, the I, more winning I, becomes like the, like the thing that makes me feel good about myself. The less I win, mm-hmm. because I'll be so hung up on getting that thing if I don't get mm-hmm. it. Right? I I share I, I that win, sentiment. I share that sentiment. Yeah, I win more. I know this way. My best competitions where I'm most relaxed when I'm just mm-hmm. having fun. Um, obviously fun trying to win. You you are trying to win, but like, you know what I mean? You're you try to jujitsu is hard enough as it is. Mm-hmm. Why are you gonna add baggage to it? Why are you gonna add baggage now? Oh, I have to win this or else like you get stuck. I'm gonna feel bad. Like mm-hmm. I would do that a lot. I, I would. That, that's something Coach Ali had to point out to me a lot. Uh, mm-hmm. Stop doing that thing where you turn into yourself after you lose to beat yourself up for it. Mm-hmm. Stop doing that because that's not helpful. Mm-hmm. Um, good advice. Uh, I, I I still need to take that advice sometimes in other matters. Too, I feel mm-hmm. like pretty okay on that front already. Um, so. I've also noticed um, the times that you get into that flow state mm-hmm. are the times when there's just the right amount of uncertainty and familiarity. There's like there's like a sweet spot. It's like I know this. Like I've been here. Like, but it's also that uncertainty of the excitement of okay, but I have to be alert. I have to be at my best. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're not. Not thinking that in your head. It's, it's low state, right? You're not actually thinking, that. but that's the that's the compulsion you feel. Mm-hmm. So I, I've I found that even now, I guess even now, now that I become a coach, I'm even more kind of not interested in like, oh, I have to be a gold medal in this division. Like obviously I want to, but like mm-hmm. I, I guess my personality, I'm always like studying things. I, I, I yeah. like studying things. I like explaining things. Yeah. Um, and that's like, like I'm not a good coach because I'm good at jujitsu. I think I'm good at jujitsu because I'm good at like the things that make me a good coach. I, I think that is true. They both come oh. from they both come from the same place. I think everyone's mm-hmm. unique experience of our sport is very much centered around something that appeals to their personality. For me, that's mm-hmm. it. For me, it's mm-hmm. like you'll never learn every single technique I tried. I, I tried yeah. like you know one time in my notebook writing down every single technique I knew. It, it was. Cool, cool thought experiment. Not very good for game planning. Um, so, but like you gotta, I guess, if you're a competitor, at least the way I see it, love winning. Obviously, be obsessed mm. with it. Be, be yeah. obsessed with it. You have to be. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but remember that after you after this competition match, after this tournament, mm. you're still gonna love it. That right? is true. No matter what the result will be. Alright? And then what you do about the result is proof that you love it. If you win, you're gonna you're gonna be like, hey, look, I did it. Uh, great accolade. You 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 have permission to brag about it on social media for two weeks. And then and then eventually the one or two posts, tapos tapos na. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, anyway. Um, <laughs> I have, to, I have, mas marami akong posts. <laughs> anyway, anyway. Um, but then, but the sign of your, as the, as the, as the champion, you now work uh-huh. yourself to go back to training and mm-hmm. put in the same work effort that you did and just do even better. Okay? Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. That's mindset, true. Mindset is the one having not won. And, and I would like to remind all the competitors out there, Mathematically speaking, literally half the division loses their first match. So don't feel bad about that. <laughs> um, literally half the division, right? Eight man bracket, that, four people are gonna lose. Uh, we and should. Then, you okay? You have to make that into a Coach Aldo meme. meme okay, you know, uh, referee I've, uniform. I've referee yeah, yeah, yeah. uniform. Diba? It's, it's, <laughs> this is a statistical fact. Okay, this is yeah, okay. So, so, as the competitor, you have to come out of that. Um, so, yeah, if you're bad, sure, let it hurt. Mm. Like, a lot, like it, it's not, I'm not saying don't let it not hurt. Like, a lot of best yeah. lessons come from letdowns and defeats and defeats and they hurt. You remember it too. Yeah. Like, um, dude. I got triangled super bad. Like I, I did not see it coming out of it was out of nowhere by this guy. Uh, I've never still trains Ray Hawson. Fucking great man. Uh, um, he triangled me when I was a white belt, and after that match, I was like, dude, I, I never want to get stuck in stuck a triangle, in a triangle, a triangle yeah. again. It sticks with you. Like the fact that I remember, I remember the exact match. Na mm-hmm. So you have to all come out of it with that. You don't have to. Don't come out. I mean. Not your fault if you do, but ideally we don't want to come out of it saying, "Wow, I, I suck." Did I, what did I do right, man? Was it was, mm-hmm. not good enough? Like, did I waste the time? Like, you know, I, I spent so many hours in the gym for this. I got, I, I fought through injuries for this. Like, that that mm-hmm. it, it is fair and valid to feel those things. But mm-hmm. as a coach and as you know, um, someone who advocates kind of a healthy mindfulness towards your emotions, I would say. Okay, feel it. Feel it while you have to, but man, it's still your job to move on. There's yeah, no you have gonna, to get over it. You have to encourage you. They'll push you along, but you have to. There's just bugs in the room. <laughs> 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 um, there, uh, you have to like, you have to still be the one propelling yourself, or else that is the definition of being dependent on other people. You mm-hmm. have to find a way to push yourself forward. So the way to do that. In, I would say at the healthiest way is fine, let it hurt. Let that defeat hurt, but take something from it. Take the fact that, uh, uh, here's my favorite one. Um, you, knew I was the mo- you know, I was a guard player like most of the time that we yeah. were competing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That yeah. purple belt. You knew I was majorly guard player, the Lahiva, all that stuff. Uh, Two things happened uh, big time. One, my knee got pretty bad, so I couldn't even play the Lahiva on that other knee. Mm-hmm. Uh, on that knee. But, um, uh, I lost a match in uh, Asian Open, mm-hmm. first match, because I, 
this definitely not the only reason I, I, I lost, but I, I chalked up my a big decrease in chances of winning to doing the less than ideal game plan. I was mm-hmm. so concerned that my opponent was gonna uh, try to go for a throw that I insisted on the guard pull, even though I mm. knew I had. I knew my takedowns were okay. Like, I, yeah. I, mean, I, I did judo. I, I, yeah. I, I, had, I wasn't the best judo, but I could, right? Mm-hmm. And I already had a feeling that I might want to do you know, yeah. more takedowns with this guy. I pulled guard like five seconds into the match. Uh-huh. Um, and it cost me big time. Uh, uh-huh. I, I, I fell straight into one of the strengths. And I felt like I would, just by forcing guard, my opponent wasn't properly you know, off-balanced enough to of balance, you know, yeah. uh, to kind of fall into the guard into my game. He fell straight into his game just because I was so excited to avoid that thing I was worried was going to happen. Basically, I, I played the scenario in my head before the match even started. And like, yep. like, I was so afraid of that scenario that I forgot to adjust to my partner. Mm-hmm. Anyway, his next match, he gets, he gets taken down super easy with one of my favorite takedowns. I was watching. <laughs> I was like, I'm going to Yeah. Like, he was, a, he was a good competitor and the guy who did the takedown. Mm. Props to him, but I was like, you know what I mean? That, just and, like, and here's the thing, here. that sequence is going to bother you. So, that sequence is going to bother you later on. You know how bad so, yeah. so I, I was I was on that trip uh, with my friend and teammate at the time, Sidin. Uh, mm. like, good, good friend of mine, we were both on Atos at the time. Um, and we were talking on the, on the plane coming back from Tokyo. And... We were kind of talking about the things that uh, went wrong in our matches, the things that we learned, all, all that stuff. And I told my, I, I told, I, I told him, like, dude, I'm not gonna pull guard for a year. <laughs> not gonna pull guard for a year. I'm not gonna pull guard for a year. And I didn't. I didn't yeah. pull guard for a year, dude. Um, at, at the time, I was training in Makati um, mm-hmm. because there was finally uh, an yeah. branch in Makati, the one by Anthony Lim. Yep. Um, yeah, and so here's the thing. Um, not pulling guard against Anthony means I have to take him down. <laughs> yeah, and Anthony is so not, and it's and not Anthony, a, it's not an easy thing, thing to do, yeah. yeah, and then uh, I mean, my rule was like I'll play guard if I get swept. I'll play guard if I get taken down, right? But I will always be try for, for a year. That's mm. I made it to a year. My takedowns got pretty good, and my passing was like better than it had ever been. Uh, after that year, um, even though I'd spent most of my digital career as a guard player, after mm-hmm. that year, I constantly said, you know, I think I prefer passing. Um, mm-hmm. So, like, you know the meme that around brown belt, you pick up how much how much you love passing? Yeah. It's the end of purple belt. Yeah, And then from there, I made it, uh, I won't, Pull guard unless it's straight to a sweep attempt. Yeah. So, so kung gumanda yung sacrifice throws ko big that. even straight the tripod sweep like yeah. it, it, it like uh, kind of obsessive. So like you have to, and I would have never ever learned all this if I didn't rec- if if I hadn't taken that message from the loss. Let's let's even say it doesn't even matter that I won or lost. What's more important is that you took the lesson, right? Like every yep. like you win or you learn. Well, no, you win or you stagnate or you learn. Um, yeah. Because you, 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 you only learn if you picked up the lesson. If you didn't pick up the lesson, but, uh, <laughs> you, you, there's nothing to work on. You will, no, there's nothing you, to learn. You guys remember that. Uh, you only learn if you pick up the lesson. 
Yeah, so, it's true. I, feeling ko, that's a good addition to that cliche. That's why I don't really use that. It You don't... Ano ba yun? You don't you win, you learn. Parang feeling ko kasi ever since, ever since that whole line was released, parang I rarely used it kasi parang feeling ko something was missing. Parang, more importantly, more importantly, you do lose. It, everyone yeah. loses. And to try to talk yourself out of that reality is doing yourself a disservice. Yeah. Because who has ever been successful in life who hasn't lost or failed? That is or, true. You know, uh-huh. So, once you get to that point, and I really appreciated this when I started teaching. Once you get to that point in like understanding how learning and um, growth works, that's when you can kind of, I think, unlock the best athletes. Mm-hmm. Actually, pretty the best athletes are the ones who unlock that early in their career. Like, uh, talk about people with good mindset. You talk about people like Maggie or Joe, you talk about Ian Rojas. Like, these people I've known, as long as I've known them, they've always had the healthiest learning, uh, healthiest mindset towards mm-hmm. learning. Mm-hmm. Um, always. It, it, it's like, no baggage, they just want to be better. They just want to be better, they just mm-hmm. want to do better. And oh, lalo, lalo. Yeah, si Dean po ito, matagal lang magaling yan. Eh. Kaya natutuwa ako. That's why I'm super yeah. happy when he wants to see games. Kasi na, okay. Yeah. I mean, he wasn't, yeah. in the, in the, no, I mean, not even in the jiu-jitsu community. Not many knows of his... Wala masyado nakakilala sa kanya eh. That's why when... when uh, What do you call this? Dun sa Grand Prix. Remember that uh, Relentless? Diba? When yeah, yeah. he gave the lineup, I was like, sinong tinanong ako eh? Sabi, who's, who's gonna... Yeah, was super really fun. fun diba? Sabi ko, who's <laughs> gonna win in this bracket? Tapos parang they all... Sabi ko, it's Dean Rojas. And I go like, what? Sabi ko, may, mayroong... Merong ganito dito, ang laki niya. Meron dito, ito na yung belt niya. Meron dito, nag-compete pa yung ganyan. Sabi ko, Dean Ross. <laughs> kasi, <laughs> kasi I saw how how he is as a competitor and, and wala, iba yung, there are just some people who have it. He's one of those guys that have yeah. it. Pero I don't feel that he's, he's, he's given his due. Kumbaga. Yeah. So when he won that... He had him on the show. Huh? Not yet, not yet. Not he's not a yet. very interesting person to talk to about like mindset and sports science. Because he all he, he studied sports science and he was a track and field athlete in my school college. So, but, so Ayun, okay, yeah, we will we will so, I, I will ask to him to be here. Uh deep like like stuff about sports. And this after wow, now that you gave me that information, I'll definitely reach out. Because I mean ever since I'm like I mean he's one of those guys that rarely competes, but when he does he you know he's gonna win. Yeah. <laughs> you line up no C games. I'm like, alam ko na ako sino mananalo dito, dito, dito. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, oh man. I said, I was, there you know, um, C games is fun, man. C games is fun. Nasa meeting ako, meron ako maliit na box dun sa, <laughs> ng YouTube dun sa, sa, yung, yung COVID, ano eh, tawag ito, may meeting, naka-live sa YouTube siya, di ba? So, naka-live siya, pinapanood ko siya habang nag-meeting yun sa trabaho na pinapanood ko sila ng lahat. Tapos, okay, I have the Philippine flag on the... Oh, di ba? Tapos, makikita mo dun sa live, yung comment section, puro mga jujitero na yung <laughs> may kanya-kanyang comment. Parang, puro makikilala natin. Oo, oh, no, magkakakilala. Sabi ko, tangin na, pare-pareho na naman tayo nandito. Ah. Sabi ko, kaya dapat talaga, kaya dapat talaga mag-grow tong community nito eh. Tayo-tayo, tayo-tayo pa rin nandito. Sabi ko, 
And oh yeah, even at the venue itself, dude. Yes. It felt like it felt like another like any other comp except isa lang yung map area. Yep. So, and then ano pa? Ang tawag dito. Parang hindi, that, that is something we could um we will discuss in a bit further. Pero the reason, okay. one of the reasons why I love you in here is because we can we we've talked about being a student, a competitor and teaching and now mm-hmm. for the benefit of our viewers, uh, at least you get a glimpse of the thankless job that we're doing, refereeing. Okay. Oh, yeah. <laughs> this is like... Talk about things that you're only going to do if you really like enjoy doing Exactly. It. Like, you will not be a referee. You don't want to be a referee no. if don't you do not love. can't handle high-stress, very quick decision-making while people are shouting at you. Man. Exactly. Now, for, I mean... One of the best resource people to talk about uh, refereeing. Even I don't consider myself a good resource person. I always say, go talk to Aldo Verhel de Jos. Go talk to BJ Nang. BJ. Diba? I mean, uh, you want to talk about refereeing. I'm like, ako, I always tell people within mat- before matches, I always ask them, don't make it fall into my hands, okay? Because I'm gonna <laughs> fuck this up. So you better make sure you do everything you can to win, okay? So I'm like, because yeah, not really. <laughs> I mean, he summed it up. Uh, Aldo summed it up. It's it's a thankless job. I summed it up. Anna? I summed it up. You summed it up because I'm like, it's a thankless job wherein you have to make quick decisions based on situations that is unfolding in real time while Mm -hmm. mitigating and and like balancing out screams. That's why uh, when, I mean, uh, between refereeing MMA matches and jiu-jitsu matches, I'm going referee ng jiu-jitsu matches. Because you have to be wary about points, you have to worry about positions, you have to be wary and, 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 and all that. Right? So, and I think MMA is MMA. Your main safety, right? Yes, right? Uh-huh. And, But for jujitsu, mostly it, right? safety becomes just one tick mark, right? It's just it's one tick box. Then you have to worry about oh, right? You have to worry about points. You have to worry about. That's why I like your comps na walang advantage. Advantage. Like <laughs> I feel like I can focus a little bit better. Just because there's one less thing I don't have to like count in my head. Exactly. Yeah. And then uh, I'm very happy that there are a lot of tournaments out there that have their own, that they're trying to develop their own rule set to make yeah. everything, uh, they're trying to make everything more uh, entertaining, so to speak. Yeah. It, it becomes, I'm a believer for sure in having different rule sets. Uh-uh. Uh, set definitely has its place, and to think that one is the correct one, mm-hmm. I think misses the point of jujitsu being how vast and open-ended it is, right? Mm-hmm. Now, in your words, what goes through your mind, right? you The moment you make, right? The moment you make competitors, the moment you make your combatants go in the mat, and you start, you are responsible for starting and ending the match, right? What is the thought process happening? But what is the thought process happening? Like, you ask, timer ready, fighter ready, fighter ready, gombach. But what is now the thought process coming in? Aside from the, like, the 
important technical pre-checks like just take a glance at them you know like mm-hmm. are they wearing a shirt underneath kung bawal mm-hmm. shirt underneath are they, you know, are they is their gi the correct like you know, the, you know like the, the basic stuff um the gi's not like long enough or ever too long mm-hmm. whatever aside from that that kind of stuff uh i like to get I'm a person of habit so i like to find a routine that makes it easy to kind of put my mindset mm-hmm. in the correct trigger so mine is I make eye contact with both the athletes. I make con- eye contact with the scoreboard. I mm-hmm. double check the scoreboard. It is an important yeah. one they, that, that they teach. They taught us. Coach Ali and Gola Palooza uh, mm-hmm. gave me the first actual rules seminar with everything. It was never a JJFP or a BJJ mm-hmm. or uh, IBJJF. It was a, like an independent Gola Palooza thing. Um, and uh, that seminar actually. Uh, prepared a lot of the people who did become the referees, like DJ was there, um, the, the common referees. And one thing they kept emphasizing in that seminar was you have to, you have to remember you're the you're the last line of defense from mm. confusion. Confusion, okay. So you have to check the scoreboard. You have to make sure everyone. You have to kind of direct. You're the director of what's happening. Obviously mm. not. But you, you are you are kind of directing. The, the match, in a way, mm-hmm. uh, the things, the thing, everything but the fighting, you're directing, um, and you have to, therefore, like a good director, keep checking. So, um, one mistake I had early on was I'll keep looking at the match, I'll forget to occasionally glance at the scoreboard, mm-hmm. or I'll position myself in a in a spot where I'm looking at the match with the scoreboard behind me. So if I do have to check, feeling on the hall, like in that split second that I did that, completely removing my periphery. Something could happen. Something something could have determined the outcome of the match in that point. Mm-hmm. You also have to have these little habits of like, I'm always checking. I'm always checking. I'm always checking. I'm always checking. Um, and the other thing I have to remind, I, I also make sure to remind myself is that these people are nervous as hell. Mm. Okay? So when you speak to them, you have to be very clear and firm about what you're saying. Mm-hmm. or soft spoken or instructions mo or you just say it in so many words Wala. all your instructions should be I think four or five words max to the competitors mm. um, tie your belt stand up like like over here like, 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 like you know be, be, be very clear about what's happening there's one in that heightened state they might not be listening to you their attention that is their true oh, there, there are uh, instances they would be like Fighter, fighter. Okay, I'll be like, hey. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes I have to. I, I, ako, di, ang style ko man, I rarely call them by their names just to make sure mm-hmm. na everything is fair. Minsan, totoo yan. That's very true. They're not listening or they can't hear you because they're in that heightened stage that you have to really yeah, get their attention. Yeah. Um, I, I would say, you uh, know, uh, another thing that they that happens when that's the case is. And this is where I kind of disagree a little bit with the official, with one of the organizers, one of the international bodies approaches to it. Um, there's one, there's one organized, uh, organized, and it's not a big deal, but I, I just personally find it limiting. Um, okay. Some orgs are not supposed to touch the competitors. Mm-hmm. Uh, or, you know, or stop, yeah. whatever, whatever language it's in. Yeah. They have to hear you, they have to like, it's on them to recognize. To, to follow, like that's how that, that's how you did see games, yeah. that's how JJF, which is fair, I think, in like the high level competitions because mm-hmm. the athlete on the national team level, 
iba yung expectations sa'yo in terms of yeah. listening to the rest. Right? Yep. But with these smaller comps with like a first-time white belt, or, you know, like a, a blue belt hobbyist competing in the master's division, like, you know, they normally have another day job. They, they're not going to be thinking, I need to listen yeah. to the So you have to always listen. So I, I, I often grab them. I, I even yeah. grab them if I have to when I get their attention. Obviously, not, not in a way that interrupts the match. But yeah. Just to get oh, their attention. Oh, and like, mm-hmm. I'll stop and then they're, they're still rolling. I, I literally grab them by the gears and like, yeah. wait, guys, stop. Yeah. So, See, uh, I think it's, it's more for safety. It's more for safety. For sure. Um, and, but you, have, you can't do that job if you doubt yourself, which is very hard. That is a very good point. Because the flip side of confidence, uh, of doubt, is overconfidence. And mm-hmm. an overconfident referee will not even consider na mali pala yung call niya kay team. So it's, mm-hmm. thing, it's, it's another one of those areas where you have to really find this middle part here where you're confident in your calls, but you know you're human and you make mistakes. Yeah. And you, have, you, you, you can like, like stop and like, oh wait, no, actually that, that, that thing I gave two points for really should be still an advantage mm-hmm. or whatever. Mm-hmm. You, and, and it really comes with practice. It's really difficult. So, so my mindset when, as I'm going through it, is uh, you have to be. It sounds obvious in hindsight, but you can't space out. You can't mm-hmm. be passively watching. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What one also helps is, um, I, I don't, uh, I, I, I kind of imagine if I were in this position, what would I be thinking? Of, what techniques would I be thinking of doing? Mm-hmm. Not to the point of being detailed with techniques. Doesn't matter. Let's say I'm in guard. Well, I'm seeing, I know that the guard player is probably going to go for a sweep. So mm-hmm. I should be watching out for a sweep. Um, it kind of shortcuts the process of like, oh, what's happening? What's happening? So many things can happen. No, it's like, mm-hmm. actually, in guard, this many things can happen. Not a million things, right? Like, like mm-hmm. clearly, he's most likely, he's going to try to sweep him. Yeah. Catch him with a sub. Yep. Or, or climb to the back. Top player is going to try to, yeah, pass. he's going to yeah. try to pass. Or expose the back. It, it, mm-hmm. It's or if they're if they just discovered the dark side, they're gonna drop from the top, whatever. <laughs> um, like so, you, I feel like refereeing for me is an exercise in being a jujitsu fan. In mm-hmm. a way. Enough, but in the sense that you're an objective fan, you have to be. You can't. Some people watch jujitsu cheering for someone, mm-hmm. but ever since I became a referee, I've learned that I can I can appreciate a match. Not being for either competitor, just watching it play out. Yeah. Uh, and when you do that, you then start seeing the game. That's or you know, like, like you see, you start seeing the underlying things about jujitsu when you watch it that way. At least in my opinion, that's why, that's why film study is so important. Neba, it's it. And and these are the things that that most people do not understand. And hopefully this one, or, or at least this segment, will give a little bit of perspective on the things that we do in terms of how we see things, how we, how we manifest through our actions yung, yung, what's literally unfolding in front of us. Now, um, from the current situation and, and looking forwards, uh, you opened your school... What is the process behind that? Like, what is like, what have you realized? Like, all of a sudden now I'm gonna open a school. These are the things that I have to learn. These are the things that, because you tackled it later uh, before. Na para okay, my corporate my corporate years came in handy. 
diba? Pero can you like, um, hindi naman sobrang, like, and as much as you can divulge, like, what was the process of uh, creating your own academy? Diba? Was it as easy as it seemed? As it seems, what were the the hardships and the challenges of setting everything up? Um, I would say, not like, first and foremost, not every journey of every business or entrepreneur is the same. Mm-hmm. But there are there, there tend to be a lot of overlapping things. Over you know, there, a lot of things tend to happen in parallel. Um, and. One that I spotted in hindsight was don't try to rush a perfect product and and, and, and then release. Mm-hmm. Release your beta test as quickly as you can. Okay? okay. So when you consider yourself as the instructor, as the service, as the product, your beta test is basically learning how mm. to coach. Right? Mm-hmm. And ideally, the stakes are lower at the start than as a don't jump straight in as a business owner to have a coach, I would say, mm-hmm. in, in, in this business. Um, so that's why I appreciated that Michu hooked me up with that uh, UFC gym uh, mm. job because, you know, I, I really did need a job at the time and I felt like I was learning on their dime. You know, like, mm-hmm. um, I think not everything's going to be perfect, but it's okay. You know? I mean, it sounds funny to say, but this is not my business. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, I did my best, and obviously uh, the result um, I I feel like showed. But like, you know what I mean? Be ready to fail in a way that it's gonna happen. Don't look for it. Don't look for it. But when it happens, learn quickly, move on. Um, and if you follow every successful like business, not not just like the unicorn startups and whatever, every successful business, um, it's it's contingent at least at the very early part on being able to learn and adapt quickly. Things that work and don't work, you have to know them. The things that don't work, take them out. The things that work, mm. do, do your best. You don't even have to scale your product up right away. Like um, the, the analogy of Airbnb, uh, the, the, analogy, the story of Airbnb was, mm. they kept trying to scale the brand, scale the brand, scale the brand, but they never actually bothered to visit the house. Of yeah, the, host. the actual, the actual look. I know. Uh, yeah, so they started showing up and taking very nice photos of the insides of the houses and that mm. and suddenly the, the following became big. And you can't scale that. that you can't do that for the scale. You, but they, that's okay because they weren't in the scale stage of their development. So uh, by the time I decided I didn't really want to stick around at UFC gym very long. Mm-hmm. Um, but mostly because I, I, there were some things that I felt like I could do more my way. Mm-hmm. Um, also, there are things I wouldn't have to worry about as much. Um, I also hated being the guy at the front desk trying to make sales. It's mm-hmm. just not a personality. Yeah. Um, I, sell, I sell with my class. My, yeah. my sales strategy is, dude, the first session is free, what you have to lose. And I'm going to trust that if you're the person who's, who's going to love jujitsu, you'll love it by the end of my class. Yep. If you're not, mm-hmm. okay, cool. I uh, hope you had fun. Uh, tell your friends about us. Um, yeah. So, you, so I kind of directed it more to just starting small because um, I was working in a place where they actually had the opposite of that. They had global gym. They, they yeah. make a big investment, make a really good gym. And then they have a lot of um, inflow, but but not getting ROI. Uh, yeah. yeah. So around that time, what I 
did was I started looking around and dun ko naisip, okay, uh, so in Atlas, we, we had a rule um, among the instructors to respect each other's territories. We, we, never, we never want cannibalization to happen. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so like, that's why I considered at first uh, starting some a pioneer area, mm. but it was a bit too close to uh, our metro walk batch. Yeah. So okay, no, tama. You, you don't wanna you don't wanna eat in like cannibalize each other there. So I was like, okay, so Anthony has Makati. We have uh, UC is big, so we had a couple of UC branches. Yeah. Uh, what happened BGC? I, I had heard um, people previously talk about you know looking into it, making plans. It, it, it never happened. Yeah. And I was like, okay, BGC, all right. I know what my voice sounds like. I know, I know the way I talk. Mm. I know what kind of marks to appreciate my class. Like, yeah, no secret there. Um, so it's like okay, let's, let's see what it takes. Let's see what uh, it and it just so happened that um, the girl I was dating at the time, mm. uh, her, her she was also a fitness instructor. Mm-hmm. Uh, they did like spin classes. Yeah, and the spin class moved to a new venue because they had previously been sharing the space with the yoga studio. Yeah. And she pointed out that spot. Hey, look, you know, that, that spot blank and they're probably going to want you know, someone to use it. Uh, why you check them out? And so actually, that was when I started talking to mm-hmm. that yoga studio. And I guess, so what I would say first and foremost is if you have an idea, don't blare it to the world, fine. You're not gonna, but don't be so guarded with it that you're not gonna tell the right people. Sometimes, mm-hmm. I mean, you, you know that, that, that people are saying like, you know, if you call a thought to yourself hard enough, the universe will bring it to you. I'm not that, like, I don't take that quote literally, uh-huh. but has that effect. If you tell the right people, if the right people know I'm looking for, you're looking for that thing that's gonna help you with your business, help you with the thing of the thing, and you, and they'll, They'll have something to help you with somehow. It might not mm-hmm. be that lead that will that will that make you rich, but again, good ideas are a connection of dots that you put together in hindsight. Yeah. Um, but that, that's that's one that's always been my approach to creativity. Creativity is not making something new in the sense uh, out of nothing. Creativity mm-hmm. is connecting dots that otherwise were not connected. Yeah. Um. So that's one. Trust your Find the people that you know. There are people that you will trust with your idea. Talk, talk about your idea. Like, like bounce your idea off of them. Because sometimes in our head we get so caught up in the ooh, it's such a wonderful thing. I'm gonna be rich. Yeah. <laughs> you forget. Okay, but have you asked someone who who doesn't think like you what they think of your idea? Mm-hmm. And that's when you get the best ideas. Um, if you have people in your life who are good, savvy business owners, pick their brain whenever you can. Especially if they're in a similar or adjacent industry, or even the same industry, like, mm-hmm. uh, like, so yeah, me and me too. Uh, we were both planning our gym, our own gyms, while we were both at UFC. Like, yeah. <laughs> so we would bounce ideas, like oh, all that stuff. Um, and then, uh, but the big help I've had is my dad. Like, my mm-hmm. dad is probably one of the wisest people I know, and mm-hmm. I was very lucky. Um, that in his retirement, he stayed active with his uh, NGO. It's an NGO mm. that helps uh, my promising micro to small businesses yeah. become properly sized that they can then generate uh, jobs for their local communities. 
Yeah. So they're very familiar with like the uh well, like the, the life cycle of a business. I was I and there are some parts where it will stagnate and then either it'll either go this way. Or you you create a new curve. Uh yeah, you pivot at some point. So um I've always been picking my dad's brain about this kind of stuff. So he really, really helped me with his expertise in like simple stuff actually. Like I was asking him how do I make how do I make a profit and loss statement? How do I do accounting? Yeah. What's the difference between a cash flow and a profit loss? My older brother ha- teaches this too, so I, I uh, get his help too. So if there are people in your life who are like who are willing to give you their valuable time to tell mm-hmm. you stuff that that you know these things so- sound boring when they tell you, but these are the things that are gonna save you when you're in the trenches and things. That is on so, oh, no, the no, no, man. Uh-huh. Like you have to know these things. Um, so th- that that's, that's another one. The uh, other important part is, I, uh, I already said, don't rush to make it perfect. Mm-hmm. Connected to that is, uh, and kind of, I will make a jujitsu analogy. Um, a perfectly memorized and uh, choreographed technique at the wrong time uh, is so much less useful. Then a good enough move at like just the perfect, perfect moment, you know. Perfect moment. Uh, like you know, like the moment where oh, arm drag got you. Like uh, that's it. That's it. Uh, it might be a sloppy, ugly ass arm drag, but like you're on their back. Who's complaining? Yeah. Um, so timing of when you when you see that the iron is hot, you have to strike. Mm. You have to yeah. jump in. Don't be so worried. Oh, what if it's not good enough? What if nobody shows up? Again, same mindset as when you competed and lost. Mm-hmm. You're learning. You're learning. You keep. You keep going. Uh, but once you do, uh, and and the other important one, feedback. Feedback. As a coach, as a student, as a business owner, as a customer, feedback. Everyone gets better when they get the right feedback. Like I said earlier, mm-hmm. that you don't learn if you don't get the lesson. You don't get the lesson if the lesson doesn't come to you. See, that's what feedback yeah. is. So I I ask my students for surveys pretty often. Like when you sign up, I, I, I give a survey and I ask stuff about you. And, and then every once in a while, I, I update it, I ask anything updates. Like, and, the, and the questions are, you know, standard procedure um, brand research. Uh, what are your thoughts about the experience? What did you like? What didn't you like? Mm-hmm. What can be better? What, uh, what, should we keep doing Bangaran? What should we mm. do more? Like, question, right? And with that, I knew exactly what makes my class uh, great. Like, mm-hmm. I, I kind of started my class in a very, in a very generic, okay, okay, guys, today we're going to learn, you know, you can mm. teach us armbar. Like, like, <laughs> like, it feels like a script. It feels like a yeah. script to follow. After a while, I kind of learned to do my own thing because I knew what about the class people like? What about mm-hmm. the instruction? Um, not only that, what about, don't forget, we're not just, when, when you own the business, you're not just the coach, you are also a customer service guy. You have to be. Yeah. You also have to, like, know, okay, what did you like about uh, service? Like, so that's why we were very lucky that our, our venue partner has a front desk staff. We, we work very well with them. We have a mm-hmm. software that they use perfectly well. Hi, nice to meet you. Come in. Uh, they, 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 uh, are you a new student? They, they, they're, they're very good about that. 
But in me, I also make a point that, hey, how was your first session? Talk. Like, every chance you can get, get to mm-hmm. that, man. Ask your coaches. Just like you ask your coaches to help you with what you're working on, you have to ask your customers what they like what and they what they like. like. Mm-hmm. And especially if there's something that comes to your attention that is a, what you call a gross negative, you have uh-huh. to know about it. You have to confirm that it's a gross negative, that it's going to ruin everyone else's day, which is usually very easy to confirm. And then address it. And keep promoting the good things about the culture. And uh, this, this is very seamless transition. Actually kind of, <laughs> um, culture is important. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I think that's the uh, very key ingredient in any gym. It's the culture. Yeah. But I, I, like <clears throat> to be, I, I like to be very clear about how I define my understanding of culture um, for my purposes. Culture is not just a built-in thing. Culture is pretty much the collection of everyone's habits around each other. Couldn't um, agree more. 100%. So, so, so as an instructor, I often think in habits. Also as a person who um, tries to hack behavior, <laughs> like my own mm. behavior. If you have a bad habit, try to replace it with a good habit. Um, so in the same light that I want to teach myself not uh, to, you know, Wash my hands nowadays because it's like what you have to do now. Yeah. Um. You, you want to train yourself. Nah. Hey guys, don't forget when, when someone's new. Uh, bring them in. Uh, welcome them in. Be, be very nice to them. Very welcome in. Um. If you some uh the, the favorite thing that that I brought to motion that Atos made very well a uh, very successful uh, a successful part of their culture is anytime there's someone you don't know you shake your hand and introduce yourself. Like, the moment you mm-hmm. walk on the maps and like, the class hasn't started yet, yeah. shake hands with everyone. If you don't know them, <clears> hi, I'm out here to meet you. Um, simple things like that, if you train enough people to do it, especially your seniors, everyone will follow. And yeah, that is true. That I is true. Then I won't need to tell everyone, I won't need to tell everyone, hey guys, stop making that, feel, that person feel so left out. You know, mm. They won't feel left out because you've already welcomed them. You've already yep. built that culture of doing that. I don't have to remind, my, I should, I will still remind my students to be careful and not injure their partners, but mm-hmm. the culture, if you have a culture of taking care of each other, that's kind of, that's pretty important too, right? Uh, and, and the other important culture thing I, I find, especially in my market, is that the, the, the gym is very female, or mm. like the night time, it's the yeah. and it's BGC. Um, yeah. I, I often try to keep it wholesome. Uh-huh. <laughs> a, a lot of there, there, um, there have been times I've heard of in some good schools and uh, of girls feeling uncomfortable with, yeah. with the environment. So I'm yeah. like, okay, I can't have that. I can't have anyone not feel uncomfortable. Uh-uh. Uncomfortable, unwelcome. So if you hear someone making, uh, making the wrong joke on, on the match, like, guys, mm. not, not here. Not, no. uh-uh. I have some respect for it. Right? You know I mean? um, if you have to make those crass jokes, do it in, in your private. Yeah. It's not even that I'm sure within the people who understand the context of what you're saying, it's probably like it's probably like yes. I, I call mm-hmm. my friends like some really terrible like, yeah. jokes. Yeah. But they get it, right? Like, but yeah. some there might be someone who overhears it. It's uncomfortable. Yeah, yeah, eh, like, like, uh, you gotta so, yeah, yeah. so a culture of inclusiveness is super important to me about that. Um, so yeah, so as an instructor, you, you match the culture. And the 
I guess the last one I will say is never, ever, ever, ever feel like you know how things are going. <laughs> ah. <laughs> I hope. I, I, so, so, um, we went, we went independent from Atos. So, it's 100%. Yeah, I'm 100%. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like we need a good exit. These guys are still my friends. Great. Uh. So excited. New year, new us. We get to define what we're doing. Uh huh. And and the studio the studio is being constructed in a new venue. The delay is until March. Mm. We all know what happened in March. So we're yeah, like, we were set to open in March, man. And we we're like, oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> then, uh, <laughs> for, yeah. Uh, oh, another one. Watch your books. You have to watch the numbers. You have to watch the numbers. That's true. Everything's going well. Like even if no one's stealing from you, even if no one's like outright, you have to watch your numbers. It's your job. It's like, due diligence. Sure due diligence. Yeah, you didn't make sure you didn't forget to make that payment, or like you didn't, you didn't forget to you know like, mm-hmm. account for everything correctly. Because and if you can get your numbers in a way that you can ideally be in a template, it's mm-hmm. a spreadsheet or whatever, and make it uniform. Like that sheet should be able to should be able to like um, clear all of the cells, copy paste it into a new month. Yep. And all and the it's the, same. the same. Yeah, that's true. Same. And at the end of the year, you have consistent data. Mm-hmm. Now, now, at the end of the year, you change the way you count your uh, your numbers. It's apples to apples. Oh, so it creates a reliable trend. Exactly. So you won't know which class, which time slot. Is your most productive time slot. Mm. You won't know which time slots are actually the ones you can let go of in favor of, I don't know, another, like extend an hour here or whatever, like, or move it at half an hour later. These, these little business decisions, you don't, you, you gut feel is important in when you're running a business, but you, you have to, you have to be grounded in like facts. You have to be grounded yeah. in like knowing what you're doing. Yeah, knowing. especially in Ayan, we're a very data driven. Society, right? So you, you you can actually concretize these things, right? You can you, you can try it out for like three to six months, gather the data, and infer from there. That's also why I recommend any aspiring, like whether it's digits or any any gym owner, business owner, if you haven't studied accounting yet, study it. Uh, even if you're even if you have your own accountant. Mm-hmm. Just so you can have the benefit of your account of understanding what the accountant is telling you. Yeah. And you making decisions based on because mm-hmm. account like the boring part of accounting is writing it and doing it. Mm. The fun part of accounting and, and analyzing the data. So I'm gonna call it fun. I don't know about you guys, <laughs> but the fun part of accounting is seeing the story. Connecting mm-hmm. like I said, connecting dots. It's like seeing ah oh, okay, that's what that is. That's a trend, so whatever. Yeah. In the making kind of comes out that way. So I guess even my coaching comes out, coaching style comes out in my career in a business because I'm very much, I like to measure things. Um, <laughs> my favorite Galileo quote is uh, measure what is measurable, make measurable what is it, what is it or what is not measurable. Because mm-hmm. when you can do that, you're, you're, you're not any smarter, your brain works just as well. But you're working with better information. And that, that makes all the difference. Yep. And with that, let's wrap this up, baby. Uh, right, Coach Aldo. Aldo, thank you so much for doing this. Appreciate it, thank man. You, sir. 
Ano to? First of many. Mga first of many natin. Um, we're gonna... Oh, you can check in Yeah, diba? And then, um, plug it away. Where can people find you? Where can they find you? Where can they find your school? Um, yeah, so on uh, Instagram, I'm at Aldo VDD. Um, mm-hmm. My school is called Motion Jiu-Jitsu. Uh, at Motion Jiu-Jitsu. We also have a page on, uh, on Facebook. We're not that active right now, as, as we, we all would know. My current uh, project, if I may plug it, go right go. Now, it's a bit Everything. of an experiment. In, yeah, it's a bit of an experiment in online teaching. Mm-hmm. I'm teaching a, a jujitsu concepts and theory class called Jujitsu Theory Online. Mm-hmm. Um, by the time you post this, there's probably going to be an Instagram account already. And so, I will plug. Actually, yeah, I will. Actually, I'll put it in the description so, box, mama. Yeah, uh, at Jiu-Jitsu Theory Online. So we're, right now, I'm, I'm doing my first test of students. We'll, we'll kind of get the systems in order for our second batch and onwards. So I'm trying to make it uh, something that you can take in eight weeks and uh, come out of it in eight weeks with a better understanding of the Jiu-Jitsu game. And mm-hmm. yeah, I, I'm hoping the... I mean, it sucks that we can't train, but I'm hoping that this is an opportunity to kind of... Um, leave what I think would be a helpful impact on the jiu-jitsu community, which is approaching our sport in a bit more of a scientific way. It's both an art and a science. Mm-hmm. I feel like once you make it more measurable, then you really can kind of make it like a science and study it like one. So jiu-jitsu mm-hmm. theory online, that's my passion project right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, uh, that, that, that's me. <laughs> so follow him on all his social media outlets and then of course can't wait for motion jiu-jitsu to open and with that that's what coach franco says bye-bye coach franco says would like to thank the following sponsors for making this episode possible the best quality gear for your jiu-jitsu get your stuff from knots and crosses place your orders on their facebook and instagram pages for delicious locally sourced beans for your daily brew Get your fix with Awan Coffee. Order now on their Facebook and Instagram pages, spelled A-W-O-N, coffee. Gatorade, because nothing beats Gatorade. Train with me in the following Deftak Jiu-Jitsu chapters. Deftak Rockwell. Deftak Makati. Deftak Better Living. Book your classes on their Facebook and Instagram pages. Read news about the local martial arts scene here in the Philippines Visit Local MMA on Facebook and listen to one of my favorite podcasts, Destroy MNL. The insights and lessons people share in my channel are inspirational, motivational, and life-changing. They have to be shared in order to help others achieve their dreams. My life is all about providing value and helping others achieve their goals. Please help me make more podcast episodes, video tutorials, and educational content that will benefit everybody. You can support this channel by clicking the link in the description box. Thank you for your support, and I will keep making content that matters. That's it everyone, see you in the next episode, bye bye